welcome to Cinemaholics. I'm your usual host on the main show, John Negroni, and we have an extra review for you all this week. A new miniseries called Behind Her Eyes has just debuted on Netflix this past week, and it's actually stayed on the Netflix top 10 throughout most of the week, if not every single day. So with me to discuss this breakout series about love affairs, lucid dreaming, and perhaps some other questionable content is Amanda the Jedi. Hey, Amanda, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Always great to have you on. And uh, especially after I saw your YouTube video about this, I was like, all right, we, we need to have a discussion. I want um, I want to make sure everybody uh, checks this out. Uh, we will be linking uh, your review of it, of course, in the show notes. Oh, thank you. But yeah, first, I do want to praise um, what you called your Netflix miniseries adventures. Uh, I definitely connected with that on a personal level. Yeah. It's just this, like, this thing that every time there's like some new show that just dominates the top 10. And it's, you know, there are varying degrees of quality is what I'll say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to put it because uh, I, I feel like this show in particular you know, we're going to describe what it's about, but I feel like most of it is like, okay, yeah, this is pretty normal. Like in my <laughs> review for it, I was like, this is like norm core Netflix basically. And then it just yeah. becomes something totally off the rails. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what I was essentially saying in my stuff too. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Let's set this thing up. If you have not seen the show and you're not, you don't know what it's about. Behind Her Eyes is a British psychological series based on the 2017 novel of the same name by Sarah Pinborough. It's just six episodes long. And according to Netflix, it's apparently just going to be a limited series for now. Uh, but I have to say after watching it myself, I definitely am starting to wonder if Netflix might expand the series because of the success, who knows? But the story follows Louise, a single mother played by Simona Brown, who sparks a love affair with her new boss, David, a psychiatrist played by Tom Bateman. She only later realizes, however, that he is already married to a woman named Adele, played by Eve Hewson. And before Louise knows it, she's begun a sort of secret friendship, a kind of extra affair with the wife of the man she's pining for. There's definitely a lot more to what goes down in this show, but without giving away any of the surprises, Amanda, what did you think of Behind Her Eyes? Uh, just kind of what we said. I, I do think you liked this more than me. I, I just felt like this was such the, the normal, run-of-the-mill, like tantalizing thriller where it's trying to be like a little bit sexy until it gets like really really weird and completely goes off the rails uh, towards the end but uh, I just I personally f felt that most of the characters were too shallow for me to like really get invested in what was going on uh, and then it, the character that you think you're getting the most information about you find out that it's actually pretty shallow for them too uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, Normie Core Netflix was probably the, the best way to describe it. This feels like something that is like one step above network television, which always tends to be a little bit more, um, palatable to a larger audience. So for some people, that's going to be great. I'm not saying like, if you like this, you're bad. I'm just saying that like, some people are going to resonate with it a lot more than I did. Sure. Yeah. I think um, for me and maybe some people, it's it's almost a guilty pleasure kind of thing. Yes, I'm still undecided, yeah. to be honest, because you kind of mentioned in your video, too, that like this is like a lazy Sunday sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I watched it based over the course of like a Friday and a Saturday. Like it was a it was a weekend binge and I don't feel like I 
wasted any of my time but i've had a hard time recommending this to people because <laughs> yeah. i mean what do you even say this is like it's kind of a thriller but it's like the least thrilling thriller i've ever experienced in my entire life that like everything is in service of the last 10 minutes yeah. and it takes like five and a half hours to get to those last 10 minutes it puts so much weight into that the reveal because yeah. like it doesn't it it kind of breaks a lot of tv rules in the sense of like you want to like surprise the audience at least once per episode but mm -hmm. it doesn't do that it's like it, it kind of reveals stuff to you constantly yeah and just so like you're saying the end reveal will be all the more shocking but i think the journey there then kind of suffers right yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I do think that some of the choices that they made to reveal things as they were going, so, so is that when you look back at what just happened, those breadcrumbs are there for you to be like, oh, that's why this happened. Because I'm watching it and I'm having questions about things happening. And I'm like, didn't they say that that was like something someone else did? So why is this character doing it? So it's like, it'll be one of those things that when you look back, you're like, oh, my God, they've been hinting at it all along. But for me, I'm just like, really? Really? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think some of it like th there were moments where they drop like red herrings where you're yes. kind of like, OK, yeah, so this this is going to explain this. But then the red herring turns into a, oh, that's not really what I thought it was, but it still kind of connects. <laughs> I guess I guess my frustration with the show itself is that I could totally get behind its, its wackiness mm -hmm. if I felt a little bit more sympathetic to Louise. And I think this is where yeah. people are disagreeing. Like some people are saying, yes, Louise, you were totally justified in all of your decisions. I feel like she makes tons of decisions in this that make zero sense whatsoever. So many, constantly, like absolutely constantly. For me, it's when she, uh, like something happens that like one of her longtime friends is like, hey, you're making a bunch of mistakes. Like, what are you doing? And she just like, mm -hmm gets mad at this friend and i just wanted to be like what is your end play here like because even just with the basic premise like she kind of keeps things up um and there's this isn't even a spoiler because it's all within like the first episode but it's just she keeps things up with this person who is her boss which is a bad enough idea even if there isn't another woman involved and then she becomes friends with that other woman and then keeps up all aspects of this and like that's not that's not good so like i don't find you a redeemable character just based on on that alone i'm not saying that like you i want bad things to happen to the characters it's just that it's really hard to root for anybody involved when everybody is just seemingly so horrible you know right yeah you know i i was having that same feeling because that character sophie uh played by mm -hmm. nicola burley she she i connected with her way more than anybody else probably <laughs> just because she was saying all of the things that as the audience we're kind of like yeah it's it's such a good thing that louise has this person in her life but i think the show tries to like justify louise's actions by saying yeah. i get to mess up you know like i went through all of this stuff with you know my what my husband did to me and i you know i've been put, putting all my time into my son adam and mm -hmm. uh, played by tyler hoett and it's like i get to do this i get to make this mistake and I don't know. It's a weird dynamic because I understand like our main character doesn't have to be perfect. She doesn't have no. to like, you know, always do the right thing. But it's still so weird that she chooses to do anything <laughs> like she keeps <laughs> this thing going. What, what did you make of like the it's almost like an obsession, right, that she has with this couple? Yeah, it, it's an absolute obsession. But then they're like equally as obsessed with her um, for like varying obvious reasons. But I just can't imagine 
knowing like I'm this person's only friend and they're so lonely and she's so nice, but I'm also still going to be like sleeping with the husband on the side. Yeah. So it's, there's just this deep obsession she has with both of them until things start skewing in in different ways because of like the reveals that are happening. But I, I think like the I'm allowed to mess up could apply to like maybe going back for round two after you find out he's married. But like continued behavior is where it kind of gets hard for me to be like, no, no, at this point, you're just looking for justification to being like bad. Then there's also just kind of issues with the ending again, not to like spoil it, but like there there are a lot. I, I don't think that there's anything. Um, I don't think there was any ill intent on the part of like Sarah Pinbro or anybody who created this, but there's been a lot of like criticisms to certain things and how they're portrayed and what it can kind of allude to in real life situations. And I get those complaints, too. Um, but I just really think that everything in the show is in service of like this big shock value moment. It's not trying to make any larger statement. It's not trying to like offer you any answers or a way to look at things the same way something like Gone Girl might. Like this is just the, it's what it is what it is. You know, it's a it's a lifetime movie turned into a Netflix series with like a little <laughs> bit more substance. There is kind of the best way to describe it for me, at least. Sure. I mean, I don't, I, I don't even hate Lifetime movies, so I can no, get behind no. that, you know. <laughs> so you did read the book like after you saw this, right? How do you think I it did, compares? Yeah. Um, I think that, well, the book a lot, like I said, it almost like really doesn't reveal a lot of things until the end. So some things actually do start hitting more um, like kind of like they, they kind of they have a bigger impact the further in you go because it's not being revealed to us the same way the show is like i said i think the show reveals a bunch of random little tidbits of information that you don't necessarily know what to do with them while you're watching it and then it's afterwards that it's like oh these are the breadcrumbs we can pick up along the way and put it back together but it's not necessarily in like a smart way it's just doing it whereas the book it's like a bunch of stuff that isn't alluded to in in the um, a bunch of stuff isn't alluded to until the very end, which makes things like way more shocking. But yeah, I like the the book. I I think that if you enjoyed the show or at least had like some kind of interest in the show, the the book would definitely be worth the uh, the read if you like to read. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably better than rewatching the show because I had some questions. I was like, well, what? Did, why did she do this? Why did this happen? And I was like, I'd have to rewatch the show, which I don't want to do, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah. And it's not even that it's not entertaining. I, I honestly, it really does fit the bill as something to kind of binge because it does have like a like curiosity about it and a I want to see what happens next. My main takeaway or like my main drawback was that my imagination was coming up with better reasons and better ideas of like, it, it sets this yeah. whole thing up with Adele of like, what did she do? Why? What brought them to this place? And when it's ultimately revealed, it's kind of a letdown. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit more intense in in the book, but uh, yeah, just based on the, the nature of my content, I usually end up watching these shows um, at least one and a half times. Like sometimes I'll be skipping around things just to go back through certain pieces just to make sure that I have all my, my ducks in a row and make sure that I'm not remembering something wrong, just the way that I do my content. Um, this is one of those, sh- like, you know, when I, when I did it for Queen's Gambit, I was totally fine to go through this thing, like, start to finish, like, three times as I'm working on a video. This was like, oh, I bet. <laughs> let's just scroll through to the exact parts I need because I, I think one of the things that ended up getting cut from my videos, my video was I made the comment, if this hadn't all been available at once there's no way i would have finished the show because i i I would not have cared enough to wait weekly for the next episode to drop it's the fact that you can just immediately go into the next one because there really isn't anything there like 
hooking you, I guess. And it really is just for that finale payoff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, if if this was a week to week thing, I feel like I would have been like, oh, okay. And then like the next episode <laughs> might have come out, and I I probably just would have been like, eh, I don't really have time for that. I'm gonna watch like Dickinson or something. Um, yeah. The show the show was created by Steve Lightfoot, and he he wrote uh, most of the episodes. Angela Lamana wrote a couple of them, like in the mm. middle. I think she wrote uh, Rob, which actually I would consider probably the best episode. I would agree. Yeah, it, it's it's actually really well done, and the I think every episode is directed by Eric Richter Strand, who I think he doesn't do a bad job. He, it feels like a journeyman's work with this mm-hmm. kind of material, but um, back to the Rob thing. I mean, what do you, what do you make of like the flashbacks and the reveals and how it sort of, I mean, we did kind of already touch on how the reveals are kind of undercut. Yeah. But like all the flashback stuff, I, I'm really curious how the book handles it. Cause in the show, I had a really hard time understanding why I was watching this until, like you said, like the last 10 minutes. Yeah, well, it's it's um, they show it in the show, but it doesn't always come off that way is that most of the flashbacks are because Louise is going through his diary, his journal. Um, right. So they show that to us in the show, but it doesn't always like feel that because sometimes it'll just be like Adele's doing something and it's like she's thinking back to her her pal Rob, but it doesn't always feel that. Whereas in the um, in the book, it does feel a lot more like, OK, I'm reading this section of a diary that's kind of like giving me context on who this person is. Um, and again, not to go into spoilers, it is just one of those things that by the time the show is done, you get why the the flashbacks kind of play out the way that they do. Um, I kind of like I, I kind of got the the general idea of, of what they were doing with it, um, but I just didn't necessarily anticipate the direction they were going in because that was just like a whole next level thing. Uh, even though I had in my mind, I would be like, isn't that like Rob's trait or isn't that something that like this person did or something like I would have that in my head as I was going along, but I still my brain just still didn't go to that place. But I also admittedly wasn't like super enraptured watching like every moment with like perfect focus and stuff. So, like, I think some people could probably actually guess what's coming if you're, like, really paying attention. But it is it is handled better in the book. But again, the book is really more you're you're kind of learning things a little bit more along the lines of where Louise is versus um, knowing certain things happening. Like, just like no spoiler, something happens that like Adele uh, gets a black eye and we know immediately in the show how she got the black eye. That's not revealed instantly in the book. So it creates more of that like confusion and doubt in the situations that's happening. It's making like the readers kind of like question like what's going on here to that next level. Whereas like the tension in that moment's completely removed in the show because I'm like, we know that this didn't happen for a reason that this other character thinks it happened because um, we we already know, but in the book you don't. So it adds that next level of like, oh my God, like what happened? What's going on here? So Right. I, I was craving more of that mystique. You know, that's yeah, sort of and like, they're, they're just, I didn't want to know so much. Yeah, that's the thing. Because like, yeah, there is still some mystery of like waiting to see what happens in certain areas, but it's like, I just felt like the show was constantly undercutting its own tension. And like, if you have something described as a thriller, you don't want it to be doing that. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I like struggle to be like, is this a thriller? It, I don't know. It, it's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I said yeah. it's the most unthrilling thriller I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so, yeah. It, was, it was some very strange world building and yeah. things re- like related to like all the night terrors and the lucid dreaming yeah. stuff that I genuinely, uh, I said in my review, it makes Soul look like a documentary um, <laughs> yeah, just in terms of how bonkers it is. I think I think it's bonkersness too is just goes into the fact that like it opens so many questions of like, I, I again won't say anything 
too specific here, but like if you mm. could do these things, why would you use it for this? <laughs> like, <laughs> this? This opens the floodgates of like the human realms of capability. And it's on this like trash TV show. <laughs> it's kind of sad. That's that's the way of the world, though, isn't it? Like that's yeah. it's always just going to go for that lowest thing. Always. <laughs> that That is that is the human experience. Yeah. Uh, so for some reason, though, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomato score here and uh -huh. not great. Uh, 59 no. percent. Uh, it's, it's been going it's, down. I think it's yeah, going uh, more critics have been seeing it and rating it negatively. And the audience score, you know, it's hung in there, 66%. <laughs> why, why do you think, though, like, it's clear people aren't watching this and being like, prestige television. Like, none of that's happening. Not Some even people from... are. Some are they really? Are. I haven't... Oh my goodness, I haven't some seen people, And I'm glad, I'm glad that they enjoy it. Like there's some people in my video that were just kind of like, I just disagree, I love this. But like they're st still also enjoying my video because like they're having fun going through it. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I, I do agree. Like there's just certain people that like they're looking for certain types of things in a show and this is gonna hit everything for them. Like they're looking for that kind of like that tantalizing like drama of like relationships and cheating. And they, they're just kind of into all that kind of stuff and just the build up. And then some people just live for these huge bonkers endings types things regardless of what happened to bring it there um so i'm mm -hmm. glad that there's people that are connecting with it but it's not as much of a disparity as i've seen with some other things with critics versus audience scores like this is actually a pretty even split um but uh yeah i just think that people people watch all sorts of stuff people like things that are bad just because it's easy to watch and it's enjoyable and i think that this falls falls under that it's one of those things it's like it's not so simple that you feel like stupid for watching it but it's not so complicated that it feels like too much of like a mind it's not like watching devs it's <laughs> just like you know you're you're sitting and you're watching this and it's gonna hold your hand a little bit while it's still giving you mysteries where you can be like aha i knew something was gonna happen with that yeah so yeah exactly it's not pretentious yeah and yeah. i think that's the thing because you're totally right i know people are connecting with it mm -hmm. i also know like even the people who really like it are being like okay it's not like the best thing ever yeah. we recognize that it's our trash show we love it like <laughs> exactly. that is the energy that people are bringing to it and I, you know what i appreciate that because yeah. if it brings joy to people that's uh yeah that's great it brought me that's a little bit thing. of joy here and there there you go. Yeah, like I, I like all sorts of stuff that I know that like critically probably isn't that great. Like on Letterboxd, I have Twilight ranked at, f I have a five stars, five star rating for Twilight because it brings me that kind of joy. So if this show yeah. brings you that kind of show, that's great. Uh, there are areas that you can critique, but for the most part, if you're, if you enjoy it, like, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, it's like people who watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like, <laughs> you know, they're just having fun. They're just, yeah. they're just vibing. I'm, I'm going to be honest, and uh, I, you know, I have a feeling you're not going to agree with this, but <laughs> if they do make a second season, I, I'm I'm going to watch it, Amanda. I'm <laughs> I will watch it probably because I'll end up making a video on it. And if they make the sequel, I just need to see how they handle that because they're they're they will be treading in some very interesting yeah. water that I don't want to get into on spoilers, but maybe I can mention it after. But they're trending they're treading into some very difficult to navigate waters. Whereas like right now they can just get away with it as like this was just a shock ending, nothing deeper to see here. But if they continue it, they got some stuff to work through. So uh, interested to see <laughs> if they continue <laughs> it, but it'll just depend on the ratings. But it has been doing well, so yeah, we'll agreed, see. agreed though. Yeah, if they make a sequel, I will be sure to uh, call you up and see if we can 
hash it out on season two and uh, maybe Absolutely. maybe you can find it the second chance you know that uh, <laughs> the characters are looking for as well i feel like they could i feel like there's plenty of room for the story to continue it ends on a note that i i don't know it's kind of sad and bleak you know? it's very a little bleak. bit too it's much very yeah. very bleak I guess that's a great place for us to leave it. Uh, Amanda, what have you been working on lately? Is there anything you want to plug before we head out? Uh, that was like the last thing I worked on. I, I'm trying to get a cherry review out now. And there's like, there's like no reason why I shouldn't have already been done that. Cause I saw it like oh, three weeks ago. Good luck. That's a hard <laughs> one to sit through. My goodness. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, but other than that, just always plugging away at stuff on my YouTube channel. Uh, I stream on Twitch a decent amount, stuff like that. So you can find me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. Letterboxd, all Amanda the Jedi. Perfect. We will link to that, of course, in the show notes. And thank you again for coming on to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.